0: Psalm 19, 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, the honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. More to come. <laughs> Romans 12, one through two. 2 Corinthians 10, <clears throat> 3 through 6. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete.
1: Thank you, Jay. Good morning. It's great to see you, and it's my privilege to be able to speak this morning. My name's Ted Swinburne, for those of you that don't know me, and I get to join you every week here at the bridge that I'm here. I'm, I haven't been here for the last couple weeks because I've been speaking elsewhere, but it sure is great to be back uh, with you. You know, Jesus came, and right off the bat, he, when he started announcing what he was all about, he said, I've come. Uh, to tell you about something that's really exciting, and that is the kingdom. The kingdom has come. I'm bringing the kingdom, and the kingdom of Christ changed everything. It it changed everything. It took everything from being around performance and, and out here to something being freeing and good and complete in here. And then he died and he rose again and he ascended and then he sent the Holy Spirit to come and take residence in those who are Jesus' followers. And this morning, I have the Spirit in me. Do you? This morning we have the Spirit in us and the Spirit uh, takes what we don't know and makes it known. And the Spirit takes what we know and makes it real and powerful and applicable to our lives. And so it's our, our purpose and our goal and our privilege this morning to look at God's Word and depend upon the Holy Spirit to do what only the Spirit can do for us. And that is not only enlighten our minds, but transform our hearts. And that's what I want for me today, and that's what I want for you today. And so let's go to the Lord and ask him to do what only he can do in our lives. Father, I thank you that we can come uh, this morning and pray and ask you that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus, we thank you for making all things possible for this to happen. And Spirit, I thank you for being with us, inside of us, transforming us. And so I pray that you would take us each individually and together as a congregation on the journey that you have for us today. And I pray that you would help me, fill me, empower me, use me, I pray. And I pray for us that we'd be willing participants on this journey. And right now, we just pause and say, we give your permission. We bow our wills to your will. And expectantly, we look at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we're going to talk about something really important. We're going to talk about our thinking. Our thinking. Um, And how Jesus is our refuge, even in our thinking, He's the difference maker when it comes to our thinking. While I was in seminary, I became interested in studying the brain and the impact it had on, has on the health of my soul. Uh, What we think about is important. So let's talk about the brain for a moment and please know I'm not an expert on this. I just, I'm intrigued. By it. Uh, this week, uh, JJ sent me a podcast. Uh, it was uh, by it was theology in the raw, right? And they talked about thinking and our brain and the importance of it. And if you want to get a link to that podcast, talk to JJ or myself, and we can get that to you. Okay. Um, from studying the brain and And this is taken not just from that podcast, but elsewhere. And the podcast uh, helps enlighten all of it. From studying the brain, scientists have found that repeated thoughts actually create physical grooves in the brain. Um, When we practice a skill, or we learn a sport, or we study facts a, a little trench is carved, actually carved physically, in our brain tissue. And this is one reason why it's hard to break a habit. Because a habit is just not about thinking, but there's something truly physical about it. And we need to make a new trench, uh, brain groove, in order to break the habit. So, repeated thoughts uh, become just not brain grooves, but they can lead us to deeds that become habits. And that's why thinking is so very important. The natural functioning of the brain helps us to learn, which is wonderful in the best case scenario, but also... In the worst case scenario, uh, these thoughts can become ditches of self-doubt, of phobias, of uh, obsessive thoughts, of vices, of misdeeds, and worse. That's why thinking is important, friends. Think about all the negative thoughts that goes through your mind in a day. Scientists say that a person thinks about 60,000 thoughts a day. That makes me tired just thinking about that. 60,000 thoughts a day. And they also estimate that if our thinking is left to its own, our mind just to wander, 70% of those thoughts will be negative. Um, That's concerning. That should cause us to think, hey, wait, I need to change this in my life. And the good thing is, Jesus is our refuge. Jesus is a refuge in our thinking. Those negative thoughts, can lead to negative feelings, uh, can lead to fears and doubts and insecurities and bad attitudes and bad behaviors, Uh, but Jesus can overcome all that. Jesus is greater. Jesus is better. He can take those negative things and reverse them for his honor and glory. That's why I need Jesus every single day. I need the Holy Spirit to have control over my heart every single day because left to my own devices, I can get stuck in a ditch, a very real and physical ditch of a brain groove that takes me to bad places. But what if those Negative thoughts were captured and instead of negative grooves in our brain, they're being positive rewiring, positive new grooves that make us brand new. If only half of those negative thoughts were captured, it would be transformative in our lives. And Jesus is a one that can capture those thoughts. So let me begin by just asking a few questions to you and to me, too. Because I've been sitting with this and thinking a lot. And uh, as I've been thinking a lot, my face has been the mirror of my mind thinking, how about you? And so here's one of the questions I asked myself. What kind of thoughts dominate your thinking? What kind of thoughts dominate your thinking? What thoughts are planting roots into your actions? And here's a good question. When you have nothing to think about, what is it that you think about? That's a good test. When you have nothing to think about, what is it that you think about? Now, we're nearing our end of the the study of the book of Philippians. Uh, J.J.'s been talking about the many ways that Jesus is our refuge. Uh, And we found that Paul's letter to the church in Philippi is full of relevant and practical information and encouragement and exhortation that wasn't just true 2,000 years ago, but for me, it's true today stuff I need to hear. And in the fourth chapter, which we're in today, uh, we've already found that we all have need of community. We need each other. And um, our reflex to life, instead of worry, should be prayer. Amen? Thank you for that good word last week on that, G.J. And now we're talking about how important Right thinking is. Uh, It brings peace and joy from that place that can be frustrating and defeat. So let me read uh, Philippians 4 8 and 9 once again. If you could put that up on the screen. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Now, all the instruction that Paul has been giving to the church of Philippi so far in this letter and to us, would be of no use to us if our thinking continues to be bad, to be stuck in a ditch. Because from bad thinking comes bad behavior. In fact, the book of Proverbs says, as a person's heart is, so are they. Yes. Jesus himself, on the the Sermon on the Mount, that sermon I love to read and think about, do you know, he talked more about the heart, more about thinking than he did about behavior. Because behavior comes from our heart, our mind, our thinking. So what is right thinking? Well, uh, thinking is different from thoughts Uh, We cannot fully control our thoughts. Our thinking influences our thoughts. Our thinking and our actions create an environment for our thoughts. But our thoughts just happen. We cannot control our thoughts, but we can control our thinking, which can lead us to thoughts. Now. Thinking means uh, stopping and taking into account, to reflecting upon something, to ponder over something, uh, to intently consider something. That's thinking, thinking. And thinking is important because our our thinking uh, influences our thoughts and our behavior. So let's look at Paul's description from Philippians of what right thinking looks like, and we'll even take a couple moments to look at the opposite side of right thinking. Okay, first of all, he says right thinking is about whatever is true, whatever is true. Now that whatever is true, speaking of, Well, have you ever had someone come up to you and say, hey, what are you thinking about? And you go, oh no, (laughs) I don't think you want to know what I'm thinking about. (laughs) Thinking that is whatever is true speaks of integrity. To be able to say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about and not being fearful to say, this is what I'm thinking about. Because it's something that's good as opposed to bad. So our thinking should be around those things we're not afraid to tell someone if they come over and say, hey, what are you thinking about? It's integrity. It's uh, our insides matching our outside, Okay, Wanting to um, not trying to impress, but being able to say, this is what I'm thinking about, and it's right. It's good. It's true. And then he goes on to kind of describe what true thinking should look like. And the next that he says there, Paul says there, is it should be whatever is noble. Whatever is noble. So whatever is noble speaks of that which is worthy of respect, that is reverent, that is honorable, so it's, it's dignified, uh, so the opposite of that would be crass or irreverent or sarcastic. If our thinking is honorable, our behavior will be honorable. Um, our vocabulary will be honorable. Our ways will be honorable. Now, when we say noble sometimes, we think about, oh, this is a holier-than-thou thing or I'm setting myself as being better than others. But it's a reflection of who Jesus is. And we should be reflecting Jesus more than we should be reflecting the world. Therefore, whatever we think should be noble. It should be different. It should be elevated. Next it says, whatever is right. Uh, That which is moral as opposed to that which is wrong or unjust. Uh, Not sitting and thinking about i wonder if entertaining a wrong option i i wonder what it would be like if and then you'd go down that road of wrong have you ever done that we're not supposed to do that okay we're not supposed to do that uh, instead we're to delight in thinking what is right uh, and we're to be putting input into our minds about that which is right. What is some of that input we can put in our mind which is right? Well, I think music is a strong input. And so our music should be right. And it's, I'm not talking about a genre here. I'm, I'm th- talking about rightness. Our, our, our reading should be right. And uh, I recommend the Bible but there's a lot of other reading that's right. It should be right. Um, Our conversation, the conversation we lean into should be right. Uh, Going and taking a walk is right. Thinking about the beauty of God and his creation. Uh, Intentionally thinking about God is right, whatever is right. And then it says, whatever is pure, whatever is pure. Purity speaks of that which is holy, that which is, has moral purity to it, that which is without contamination. And friends, this is difficult in a world that we live in that isn't necessarily pure. Uh, Do you know, I'm gonna tell you something now that is not a shock to you, okay? We live in an overly sexualized world. Did that surprise anybody? No, it's something we know. We live in an overly sexualized world Where impurity is common, and where impure thinking is epidemic, that is where we live. Uh, Every second, there's over 28,000 new uh, people that are entering into watching pornography on the internet. Twenty-five percent of all searches on the internet are pornographic in nature. Twenty-five percent. About 200,000 Americans are classified as porn addicts. It's just not a man, man problem. It's one-third of uh, porn viewers are women. So, so, friends, we are all, all, we are all subject. We have to watch out. And Paul says, whatever is pure, think about it. And we as a society... And we as a church, we need to clean up our thinking. Our thinking needs to be pure. Because do you know where impure thinking will take you? To impure actions. And Jesus said, uh, it'll take us to places that even if our outside looks nice, it can mess up our insides. So next, whatever is lovely. Whatever's lovely speaks of that which is good, that which is desirable, that which is friendly, that which celebrates the good side of humanity. We need to think about that which is lovely, the good things of life. You know, we don't have to look out for bad news, bad news is out there, but we need to work at thinking about that which is good and celebrate it. So you're going to have to help me a little bit here. Could you give me some examples of lovely thinking, ways, activities, uh, choices that promote lovely thinking? Anyone have an idea for me? Go ahead and just speak it out. Hiking in the mountains with our family. That's a lovely thing. Yeah. Excuse me. Creative, work. Creative works. works, art, art. Yeah. Bike riding, skiing, gardening. 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 Right over here, you had uh, music. music. I have my hearing aids in, but I. I <laughs> uh, anyone else? These are all great. The Denver Broncos. Your pastor just said, and, uh, and that's all those things, huh? Okay. Then it says, whatever is admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. You know, that's good stories. That's good things. That's 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 a church gathering. You know, in. In Hebrews, it said we need to not forsaking the gathering together because when we gather together, we should find it encouraging. And I don't know about you, I need to be encouraged. And we need to have spots, places for encouragement uh, where we can worship God, where we can encourage one another, where we can learn where we can practice, where we can serve. Uh, each of us uh, have our own battle to fight with regard to the mind. Because the bat- battle for the mind is real. Um, but it doesn't have to be a place of defeat. Instead, it can be a place where we find that Jesus is our refuge. So how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we navigate right thinking? We talked a little bit about uh, what it is, but how do we navigate it? Do we lock ourselves into some dark room to avoid the world? Uh, go find a monastery upon a mountain and not have any input or in, any exposure to the world. Well, uh, I found I've been to a monastery. I found it very reflective and very positive for a time. But you know, we can't live our life there. We we live in the world uh, because God has us here in the world for a purpose. We're to be reflecting His will and His ways. We're to be living transformed lives. We're to be being examples that there is another way. So, uh, there's a lot of ideas around how we can promote right thinking. I'm just gonna touch on a couple. and, And I'm depending on you to have conversations to come up with other ideas. So here's an idea. Uh, Do most of you have one of these things? Okay, I'm gonna invite you just to take it out if you have one. And uh, what impact does this have on your thought life? Okay, I'm gonna let you just think about that we're into thinking today, for uh, about 20 seconds, and it might seem long, but it's not that long. Think about the impact this has on your thought life, okay? Ready, go. That was about 15 seconds, but I think we're all getting a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, You know, I believe that our cell phones has a big role to play in our our thought life. So uh, please listen to me. Don't tune me out as an old man. I am, but please don't turn me out as an old man. First of all, this is a very powerful tool. It's great in communication. It actually is a phone. (laughs) I remember when they were just phones, but it is a phone. Uh, It's great for communication and texting and even in email and messaging. It's a powerful tool in getting information. If you have a smartphone, you, know, you just you have connection to the internet. And of course, the internet knows everything. And it's right about everything. Um, I remember when we used maps to get from point A to point B. We don't do that anymore. We just use our phone to get from point A to point B. It makes things really easy and simple. Our our phones are great tools for many things. Uh, but do you know what? These things can get us into trouble too. They can really get us into trouble when our phone becomes more of a companion than a tool. It can get us into a lot of trouble. When, uh, it becomes the place we go to, or the place we find comfort, or the place we find relaxion, relaxation. It can be really damaging to our soul. I, I want you just to be aware this next week of your relationship with your phone. Okay, and I. I I was just about ready to say I'm not trying to meddle, but guess what? I'm trying to meddle. Be aware of your relationship with your phone uh, this next week. You know, I rarely see someone just sitting silently or taking a walk alone without earbuds. Uh, We don't give our Selves room to think. Think about the good things that Paul describes us that we should be thinking about because we're always connected to something. Our thinking can be easily dominated by what we are receiving from faults. And I can assure you that the content from social media or the, the algorithms of the internet or those who make money based upon how we use this, they are not concerned about our thought lives. They don't care that our thoughts, our thinking is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. In fact, many times it's just the opposite. So this week, please be self-aware about your connection to your phone. And you know, this would, this whole conversation about the phone would be good for you to have, at your families or with friends. You might even want to ask someone to keep you accountable. So, are you treating your phone as a tool, or as a companion? And what impact is it having upon your thinking? Here's another idea. As you're going through your day, driving, you know there's so much construction, isn't there, right now in Bellingham? And so, as you're driving, I don't know about your thought life, but I don't think it's real positive. So as you're driving, or as, as you're at work, school will be starting up soon, but uh, that's another place, or if you're at the store or with your family or whatever. Here's an idea. If you're going through your day and you find yourself having bad thoughts about a person, now does anyone ever have bad thoughts about a person? Okay. Be it because you're comparing yourself to them, or you're competing with them for some reason, or there's envy, or there's lust, or even if there's stupidity involved, uh, here's what I'd like you to do. Someone told me this years ago. Uh, Stop and pray for them. Just pause and pray for them. That construction worker. That person that doesn't necessarily treat you like you think you should be treated. That person that cuts you off. Just pause and pray and say, God, I don't know them, but you do. And would you bless their day? Would you show yourself to them? And you know what? I found that you can't have a bad attitude about somebody and pray for them at the same time. It transforms your thinking. So, try it this week. And there's another thing we can do that brings a revival to our mind. And that is to read God's word and to meditate upon it. To let God's word form our thinking. In Psalm chapter one, it tells us, blessed is a person who delights in the law of the Lord, and they meditate upon it day and night. And as a result, they'll be planted like a tree, planted in the streams of water. And whatever they do prospers. I'd like to read those verses from Psalm 19 once again uh, that Jay read earlier. And as we read about this in God's word, let's let it penetrate us, okay? The law of the Lord is perfect refreshing the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from a honeycomb. And by them, your servant is warned and keeping them, there is great reward. Do you believe that? It's God's word, it is true. It's all about a place to go to have our minds renewed. God's word. So, Paul does talk about our minds being a battleground, our thinking is really a place where battle can rage. And he says this in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let me read that once again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, living sacrifice means uh, I recognize that God is more important than me. As living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship, do not, be, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's where we find Jesus is our refuge. He will transform our minds. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. And then let's look at Second Corinthians. Uh, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Now this is important, friends. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Jesus has come to give us divine power to demolish those strongholds, those negative grooves in our head, our brain. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of good, God, and we take every captive, every take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Our thinking must be transformed from status quo thinking. Uh, And for the sake of you, and for the sake of me, we need our thinking transformed. And for the sake of your family, and for the sake of the church, and for the sake of your relationship with Christ, our thinking must be transformed. And when we put our minds on the things that, that please God, it's just not our thinking that will be transformed, but our way of life, our behavior will be transformed. And I, I need transformed living every day. I need it every day. Every day, even though I've been a Christian for 60 years now, every day, if I'm left to my own devices, I get myself in big trouble. Because Jesus has not returned yet, and Jesus has not fully made all things new in me. And so I still have stuff that I need renewed every day, and it has to be renewed by right thinking. If I just say, okay, today, I'm just going to go off yesterday, time with God or whatever, it doesn't work. It has to be new every day. And then transformed thinking becomes transformed living. The Bible calls us to take our thoughts captive to Jesus Christ. And then our Actions will follow our thoughts And then our emotions will be transformed too Because instead of being overwhelmed We'll find the peace of Christ That surpasses all understanding The God of peace will be with you You know Jesus truly is our refuge. He's our refuge in our thinking. Let's pray. I'm gonna ask you to do something which is a real, little bit risky, but it's uh, something that uh, King David did in Psalm 139 when he asked God to show him. And so let's just close our eyes and God would you uh, show us what you need each of us to know or would you like each of us to know about our thinking And if he's showing you, uh, by the way, uh, the Holy Spirit isn't a shaming God. So, uh, but he does point out sin. Uh, So if uh, sin is being revealed to you, I encourage you just to be honest about that. Admit it for what it is and take that to Jesus and ask for his forgiveness. And thank him for his cleansing. Then I encourage you to invite the Holy Spirit to uh, lead you uh, and empower you to think rightly uh, for this next hour. And in the next hour, ask him to help you in that hour. And then the next, invite the Holy Spirit to be your companion instead of the other things of life. Mm. Would you transform us, I pray, in your love and in your grace and in your mercy And in your truth, help us to think rightly, I pray. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Let's stand and stretch and sing our response. Thank you, Lord.